following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's Durham, directions or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. And my friends, we have a New Testament reading today, which is Matthew 20, verses 1 to 16. The parable of the workers in the vineyard. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day and doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. The workers came, who were hired uh, at about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those who were hired first came, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner they said, those who were hired last only worked one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of work and the heat of day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Did you agree to work for one that denies? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. It's great to be here and wherever you are, it's great too that you could join us. My name is David Day and I worship in this church. Let's start with a prayer. Lord, we come to your word this morning. We pray that you will open our eyes to see more of your love and your grace to us. Touch our hearts and energize our wills to serve you faithfully in your world. Amen. Uh, when you listen to stories, do you find yourself sometimes sympathizing and identifying with one particular character in the story or the film or the television drama standing in their shoes if you like uh, and seeing the story from their point of view uh, you go to a pantomime at christmas with the children perhaps and you find yourself thinking cinderella prince charming ugly sister which am i then you're watching an old film on television. It's actually 101 Dalmatians, which is a great old film. 
And you find yourself saying, am I Pongo or Purdy? Am I one of those delightful little Alsatian puppies? People nodding, really? Or am I Cruella de Vil? Somebody mentions, oh, she's a damsel in distress, and your thought goes back to the story. Uh, am I St. George on a white horse? Am I a damsel in distress? Am I a dragon? If for any reason why I went through those, you chose the ugly sister and Cruella de Vil and the dragon, um, it is possible to get counselling. <laughs> so where do you stand then in the parable that we have just heard? The man who worked for 12 hours or the one who put in a mere 60 minutes at the end of the day? I would like to hear their stories and see things from their point of view. And which of these do you resonate with and identify with? The man hired at dawn who worked 12 hours. I'm a first-class worker, I know that. I get picked immediately. I'm always in the first bunch, and I'm there just after daybreak. I'm strong, I'm skillful, I'm 100% reliable. And that particular day, I remember it well, I worked very hard. I picked 39 kilos of grapes in 12 hours. I discovered later that this is a vineyard record. And it's actually a South Palestinian record as well. And it is my personal best. I was hot, hot, hot at the end, but I was triumphant. And I got my money and I deserved it. He agreed that we'd have a full day's wages and that's exactly what he gave me. But I'm not happy today as I go home because this pathetic chocolate teapot got the same as me. This person who is good for nothing, who is pretty much as much use as a handbrake on a canoe, he got full whack. And that's what hurts me. That's why I'm annoyed. It's not fair. So. If I'm honest, I end the day deeply resentful. And I guess so would you, if you were in my position. Then there's the man hired at the end of the day who worked just one hour. I'm not a good worker. I'm not strong, I'm not skilled. If I'm honest, I'm a bit unreliable. I, um, I drop things. And where it's grapes, um, I eat things. Anyway, I stood there for 11 hours. No one wanted me. One look and they said, you must be joking, no chance. And then he came, the owner of the vineyard. And he said, I'll have you in my vineyard. And he took me on. And that day, I, I picked a few. But the easy ones to pick had all gone. And I, I dropped quite a few, but there we are. But at the end, I got the full whack. A day's wages for 60 minutes. It was fantastic. It was amazing. 
He treated us like he treated all the others. And he didn't say anything, but I know very well, he knows better than most that casual laborers do not have it easy in this culture. If you work only one hour in the day, you don't make enough money to feed your children. I guess he felt sorry for me, and he certainly gave me much, much, much more than I deserved. Well, that's the parable, more or less. Would it surprise you if I said that that is my favorite parable? I hope not. Well, then what is it about that I like it so much? Now, it's interesting because about this time, a little before or a little bit after, I don't know, there was a parable that's so familiar to it that it's unbelievable uh, that was going the rounds in Palestine. And in that story, that other parable, the man who worked for one hour got double wages because he did more, said the landowner, he did more in one hour than the rest of you did in the whole day. And this was the parable that was going the rounds, and I guess many people had heard it already. That is exactly not what this parable is about. Because that other story says, well, if you work hard enough, you get your reward. It's about how much effort you put in, how much skill you've got. And this parable that Jesus told says, it's about the owner of the vineyard who is generous. It's not about all that other stuff. Wildly generous, fantastically generous, foolishly generous. There's a parable in Luke's gospel of the prodigal son. This is about the prodigal owner of the vineyard. He doesn't look at output and he doesn't look at results, but he does care about people. And that's why it is my favorite parable. It says, God takes on the people that nobody else wants. And if they were any good, they wouldn't still be hanging about unhired at five o'clock, would they? He knows they're rubbish at picking grapes. And the best workers have gone. Those who look fit for the task, the enthusiastic ones, those with a good track record, they've gone. They're all snapped up first. Those who are left are like the school children. Do you remember when sometimes when you were at school you picked up teams? And everybody stood there and the two captains said, I love you, I love you, I love you then. And there were always people at the end who were left because nobody wanted them. Everybody knew that they can't run fast enough, they can't throw the ball straight enough. They're too busy making daisy chains in the long grass to see the simple catch that comes. Who wants them? Better that they should stay here unpicked. And this landowner, this vineyard owner, for some reason, he wants them to come and work in his vineyard and pays them the full whack. That really isn't fair. But it's wonderful. <laughs> I don't know if you read uh, 
Philip Yancey's book, but he calls it the scandalous mathematics of grace. I love the phrase. And he writes, grace is not about finishing first or last. Grace is about not counting. Alive as St. Paul comes to mind, doesn't it? You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who for your sake, though he was rich, became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Okay, there's the parable. And I think it leaves us with two uncomfortable questions. So here they are. Number one is, which of the laborers are you? Deep down, which of the two laborers that we started with do you identify with? Are you still a bit cross with the angle that this story takes? Sometimes do we think that God is a bit too liberal with his grace? I'm horrified about how easy it is to identify with the man in the story who says it's not fair because we discover that God's grace isn't fair. Thank God. It's bewildering. God's grace is for everybody. Everybody, even those that nobody wants. Even those that I don't want. So, do you see yourself as the first workman? What happens when the angle of the story is changed and comes from a different angle? Consider the terrible possibility that you or I might be the second workman. And you might be saying to yourself something like this, could I possibly be the second workman? Did it even my, enter my head until you asked me that I could be the second workman? I don't see myself as the second man or the second woman. This is an equal opportunities parable. And then it might strike you, but I am the second workman. I'm a pretty ordinary, substandard Christian. I'm no great catch. I wasn't there at six in the morning when the Archbishop of Canterbury clocked in. I wasn't there at six in the morning when Augustine signed up for a day's work. I'm not Mother Teresa or Pope Francis. I'm not even Matt Redman. I wasn't there at six o'clock. I'm the one who works one hour. And God pours his grace and gifts into my life and gives me much, much more than I deserve. To see yourself as the workman who came last and deserved least and got everything changes the whole way I react to this parable. And that's why it's my favorite parable. So that's the first question, which of the laborers in your heart do you feel? And the second one is, uh, can I catch God's grace and spread it to others? 
The terms catch and spread are used entirely in relation to these funny little things that are bouncing around everywhere in droplets. But you can catch good things and spread good infection. Last week, Philip Fleming uh, was here and he spoke about receiving forgiveness and then recycling forgiveness. If you were here, you remember him. And that is the challenge of this story. Listen to the little interchange at the end of the story, which in some ways is as important as the beginning of the story. Matthew, in that little interlude, uh, interchange, uses a word for friend that he only uses in his gospel three times, and it's not the usual word for friend. And every time he uses it, it's got a slight challenge to it, a little teeny bit of criticism. We might translate it, paraphrasing a bit, boy, hang on, friend, be fair. And if you can imagine friend with that attached to it, boy, hang on, friend. Let's think about this. So the conversation goes something like this. Hey, hang on, friend. Let's think about this a bit more. Did we agree that if you worked all day, I'd give you a day's wage? Yes. Did you work all day? Yes. Did I give you a day's wage? Yes. Did I cheat you? No. Can I do what I like with my money? Yes. So, literally, is your eye evil? because I am good. Now, we don't use the phrase much about the evil eye, and it doesn't mean that anyway. So instead of, is your eye evil, we might translate it something like this. So then, when I am generous, does it get up your nose? And that's the question that God asks us. Having received grace, can we spread it? Can I be as pleased as God is when he showers his gifts on other people? Am I envious when God blesses others? Am I a bit resentful? Can I, to quote Paul, can I rejoice with those who do rejoice? In other words, can I be close to the heartbeat of the generous God? I've got a friend who was writing about grace and she writes, just plucked it out of the page. She writes, grace gives the unfaithful partner a second chance to make the marriage work. Grace reinstates the worker caught with his hand in the till and gives him a job looking after the petty cash. Grace cuddles the baby even when he woke you up at five in the morning and has puked down your t-shirt. These are wonderful descriptions of grace. Not to be found in the Bible, but good. Can I catch God's grace and spread it to others? So grace is intended to be the aroma that people breathe in without masks, the aroma that they breathe in because Christians are giving it out all the time. Is that what's happening? Sadly, and to our shame, it 
it often isn't. So many have the impression that God has a little black book and gleefully he writes down in it every sin people have committed. And at the end of time, he will take his little black book and gleefully he will punish every sin that everyone has committed. Wherever did people get their idea from? Where did they get it from? Well, we pray that they didn't get it from us. What they got from us is entirely different. These people live entirely out of thankfulness. It's wonderful to encounter them. And I guess if I asked you, you would have examples of where you had experienced grace like this. And I've got one, it's not the most important, it's not the most emotionally powerful, it's, a, it's just one that sticks in my mind, so I'll share it with you. Uh, I, uh, many years ago, I was giving a, a series of talks at a conference and when I arrived, uh, I went to my room just to unpack, and I found on the pillow my favorite chocolate. Uh, this surprised me, and I found out later that the organizer of the conference had done this. In fact, he'd done it for everyone. And what he did, he'd gone and rung everybody's house up, before the conference and asked the member of the family, whoever it was, who answered what so-and-so's, the person who was coming to the conference, what so-and-so's favorite sweet was. And he went out and bought them, went through the house and conference center and put them on the pillow. It was an amazing, it's so simple, an amazing experience that somebody would bother to do that. Anyway, Rather quickly, I moved towards the pillow and took my favorite bar of chocolate. And there was a piece of paper next to it. And the paper said, P.S. There's a black forest gatto in the fridge. Don't leave it there. It's not the greatest act of grace I've ever experienced. It's the one that sticks. It's absolutely wonderful. Is that the aroma, is that the good infection that we're spreading around? It'd be wonderful if it was. Because the heart that's been touched by the grace of Christ cannot be prudent and careful. Jesus says, please don't be cross because I'm generous. Live out my grace and my generosity. Make it visible to those around you. And that's the challenge that this parable gives to me today and I hope to you also. To know God's amazing grace poured out on us and to follow him out into the marketplace and spread it around to people that we meet. Wonderful God. May we serve him in that way. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Nick's Durham podcast. If you would like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St. Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.